Hey, welcome back for episode five of Self-Signed Artist. So last week we talked about being a starter, and I hope you all took that to heart and went out and started something that you've been waiting on or over planning for. But now comes the part that matters even more, and that's getting it done. So stick around and we'll give you three strategies for finishing more of what you start, and in doing so, giving yourself more opportunities to be successful. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm joined here by Jake Mannix. What's up, Jake? Oh, man. Not much. Coming off pretty spicy Memorial Day weekend. Just uh, <laughs> kick back and practice social distancing with some friends around a fire. How about yourself? Not too much. I didn't really do anything for Memorial Day weekend, unfortunately. I had a decent amount going on. I was working on some mixes and some videos for self-signed artists, actually. And kind of trying to get our website up and running, and I don't know, it all it all added up to be kind of kind of being a lot. But it, it did get me thinking about something that I always do, and I know for a fact is a big problem for a ton of musicians and songwriters out there. So to kind of set the stage, so this week I was working on all those things sort of simultaneously, and just kind of bouncing around from one thing to the next. You know, I'd I'd work on a mix. And do that until my ears were feeling a little tired or I was having a hard time being objective. And then I would bounce to video editing and and do that for a while. And I would, you know, tweak edits and transitions and stuff like that. And and then I would bounce to website building and just repeat the cycle, going through all of these things, you know, tweaking and refining. I'd fix a little something here and a little something there and just kept going and going and going and going. Now, something that you should know about me is that I'm a bit of a perfectionist sometimes, like like even to a fault. I just hate to show unfinished work to anybody. And I mean, honestly, I don't really like showing my work ever because I can always find some little thing to pick on and obsess over and stuff like that. So like in a, a mix, it might be whatever, the drums are a little too loud. That's something that was happening in a mix this this past week where I was getting ready to send it out and nope, had to go back and adjust something because the, the drums were just hitting a little too hard for the song. Or, you know, whatever, vocals just don't shine through or, or whatever it is. You can always find, I can always find something wrong with my own work. So left to my own devices with no deadlines, I will literally work forever on something. And, and, you know, maybe this is connected to my compulsive planning that we were talking about last week, you know, now that I think about it, where I kind of plan and plan and plan and never start something. It's it's kind of a similar sort of thing. Once I start, I'll I'll tweak and tweak and tweak and never, ever finish anything. You know, yes, I feel a ton of resistance to start a project, but I feel just as much resistance or or maybe even more resistance to finishing a project and saying, you know, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to change anything else on this. And I'm going to 
be done. So to me, being done, that's that's a really kind of scary thing to do. And I don't know, maybe I'm just neurotic and nobody else does this, but I actually, I don't know. I, I don't actually think that. I think that a lot of people actually deal with this same sort of thing. I think I'm kind of normal when it comes to that. And I think there are a lot of people who feel the same resistance to finishing a project, right? Like, like back me up here, Jake. Yeah, it's the worst, man. I think it's something that just comes with the territory of of being in any creative industry. Yeah, um, you're either one of those people that doesn't care and will send it to to whoever and and post it right after the session and and just not care about the mix or or whether you want to change anything or whatever, or you're like myself and Kobe and you don't know when to sit on your hands and and call a, a project or a song done. That's true. There's kind of like two sides to that coin. You're right. There are some people who just kind of throw things out there all over the place. Yeah. And, and maybe it's two different kinds of people. Maybe there, like, there are some people sometimes who, who don't ever want to start. And maybe there are others who are fine with starting, but they have a hard time finishing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do know that there are tons and tons of artists out there who have huge folders on their laptops filled with unfinished projects like hundreds or thousands and i would i would bet money that some of our listeners are nodding along with us right now and because they know that this is this is them and that they have something like this going on and you know this is this is one of the classic musician problems these days i think like there are even a, a bunch of memes and stuff out there about that having a billion unfinished songs. I feel like I scroll past something on Instagram like every day that's on this topic about how people never finish songs. Oh yeah. I follow a whole account, dude. It's hilarious because they're (laughs) they're all relatable. And even for myself, dude, I have six songs out maybe ish somewhere in there, but the folder for the music that I've written is scrollable. You know what I mean? (laughs) there's a bunch I've just never finished and I don't know why it is you know that we have to deal with this sort of thing but I really have to work on being a finisher at the very least yeah I think a lot of us do and it's a super easy trap to fall into I think for the same reason that a lot of people have a hard time starting big ambitious projects it's the same sort of thing we want the approval of our audience we want to be liked we don't want people to think that we suck so we try and completely perfect and it's a totally natural thing and and even though i'm sort of painting it in a bad light like striving for perfection striving for for perfection is obviously not a bad thing you should of course always try and be the best you can be but i think the problem comes when striving for for perfection i can't say the word perfection today when striving (laughs) for perfection gets in the way of putting out anything and there's this quote that i always try and remind myself of and i don't i'm not exactly sure where it came from or even really what the original quote is like the original wording because i've i've heard it in a a couple forms but no matter what form i hear it in every time i hear it it resonates with me and the quote is done is better than perfect Done is better than perfect. Mm. And I've also heard variations like perfection is the enemy of done. And I really like 
these quotes or this quote in all of its forms because I think it sums up this idea really, really nicely. It's great to reach for perfection, but if nobody actually hears your music because you never release it because you're always tweaking it and trying to improve it and get it that little bit closer to perfect, I mean, does it even really matter at that point? Something I always say to to my friends and stuff is it's not going to get better, just different. And I think it's a good reminder when you're stuck in kick drum solo land for 30 minutes. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, just make, you know, whether it's a hook melody or whatever, just make it good to the best of your ability and move on. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Right. And there's there's another quote um, that I've heard that's sort of along the same lines, too, and I've always heard it in the context of mixing, but I think it applies to songwriting too, or or really any art form. So I had a mixing teacher and mentor that used to say it all the time. And he would say, mixes are never finished. They're just abandoned. Like there's always going to be something that you can adjust or fix or tweak. That's so sad. Yeah. You're always going to be your biggest critic. So you'll always be able to find something wrong with your work at some point you just have to call it done yeah you're right it sort of sounds like a sad (laughs) quote they're just abandoned um (laughs) but but i think to me that that got the point across in my mind and i always kind of liked that quote because it changed the way i thought about what the word done really meant like in that context done means abandoned like abandoned and done are synonymous sometimes especially when it comes to art so i used to think that done meant that there was nothing left that could possibly be improved the product the mix or the song or the lyric or whatever it is was in its you know perfect form but now i don't think of the word done that way when something's done all it means is that you've decided that you aren't going to change anything else it's ready to see the light of day. And and really done is a choice, not a true definable destination. Because it, it's not really an actual state of being in the context of art. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to know when to sit on your hands and call it good. That's that's a really good piece that you just said. <laughs> done is, is a choice, not a destination. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that comes back to that quite that quote being abandoned. Maybe done as a choice, not a destination is a a better quote <laughs> to get the same idea across. But once you're free from that idea of perfection as done, then you're kind of presented with a question and it becomes, well, when do I call something done? Like how do I know when it's ready? And you know, I'd love to give you a checklist of things of just qualifications that you can tick off. Like it's got a hook, it's got lyrics, it's three minutes and 30 seconds long. But the truth is there isn't any standard way to tell when a song is done or when anything is done. And that's both the beauty of it. And I think the thing that makes it agonizing for people it's really just done when you say that it's done. Yeah, right. And every song is different and you have to make those decisions yourself. 
if you're like I used to be, you'll send it around to your friends and you'll say like, yo, like, let me know if you hear anything wrong with this, dude. <laughs> I'm about to put it out. <laughs> You've sent stuff to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And nine out of ten times, they'll come back and uh, saying something along the lines of sounds good. <laughs> yep. And then you got to say, Kobe, dig in, dude. Tear it apart. Well, if I have to pick something, you know, you, you'll say, how do you feel about the, the mid-range? Is the hook lame? Is it catchy? Do you like that ad lib I threw in there? The harmonies <laughs> working in the bridge? Like, no one's ever going to hear the song how you hear the song. And you know what? Reminds me of something good. I believe it was Andrew Sheps that said something in a seminar that I was watching. And for those of you who don't know who Andrew Sheps is, he's an, uh, a fantastic mix engineer mm-hmm. and I believe like a regular engineer as well i don't know he's an engineer he's sick go look him up find the seminar and he said something along the lines of once you hit play nothing matters so he goes on to explain that a lot of times people will give a precursor to playing their music for other people so something along the lines of like the mix isn't done or i was sick when i recorded the vocals or i'm still working on the bass part or whatever whatever you know but you know all of that goes out the window immediately once you hit play like once you hit play everything that you just said does not matter at all they're going to be thinking of what they think about the song not anything that you just mentioned they're going to be taking the song as it comes to them and that's that's part of like what's cool about music is like once the artist is done with the song they can put it up and the audience is going to take it however they take it you know what i mean no one's ever going to hear the song how you hear the song. So just make the song. Right. Yeah. I, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because that's something that I don't know if I saw that exact same seminar that you're just talking about with Andrew Sheps or if I saw him at a conference or something like that. But I've I've heard him say something similar to that. And it since I heard that, it's always kind of been a pet peeve of mine yeah. hearing people say that about their stuff. And But you, I also catch myself wanting to give a, a precursor yeah, before yeah. I play something for somebody or send it. You have it. no control, no control over how anyone perceives it. And it doesn't matter. Like, At all. You're absolutely right. It doesn't make a difference that you've said anything because they're still going to perceive it how they right. perceive it. So, oh, yeah. you were sick when the vo- when you recorded the vocals? They still sound bad. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Nobody's going to be matter. like, oh, well, oh, he, he said he was sick, so like now it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, that's a really, really good point. So when you're giving like all of these precursors to playing something, you might as well at that point just say it's done. Like that's your choice at that point to say it's done. So yeah, I know that the answer that I gave earlier kind of sucks. So we're going to try and give you some strategies to make this work in a more predictable and repeatable way where you can finish something. The idea is that when you start something, you'll be able to say with a reasonable level of confidence that number one, it will get done at some point. And number two, when, at least ballpark, when it will be done. So let's get going with these tips. So the first tip for this is a huge one for me. And I already kind of alluded to it earlier. And that is set a hard deadline for yourself, like a hard cutoff that it has to be done by a certain time. So Jake, I don't know 
how you were in school as far as getting your work done and stuff like that. But I know that for me, most of the time I was less than, you know, shall we say less than punctual mm. when it came <laughs> to getting my work finished. Uh, and it didn't matter if a paper was assigned a month in advance or a day in advance. Either way, I was going to be scrambling to finish it the night before that it was due. Yeah, I would have never guessed that about you, dude. <laughs> really? I was, <laughs> I was the same way. I mean, good on you for scrambling because I usually just wouldn't do it at all. <laughs> uh, band practice, shows, girlfriends, like pretty much everything came before school. Fun fact, I read one book in high school and it wasn't even <laughs> one that was mandatory to read. And I really didn't even finish it. I stopped because it's, it was it was about to be the resolution to the story. And I was like, that's eh, boring. But deadlines, deadlines weren't even a thought, man. Yeah, I well, I mean, to be totally honest, there wasn't much of that scrambling going on in high school for me. That that came a little bit later. Uh, um, and actually, there's there's one there's one paper in particular when I was in school that is forever burned in my memory. And this was in college, actually, when I was I was actually half decent half decent student because I you know I actually wanted to be there and be doing what I was doing. And the paper was assigned like a full month in advance, I think. And it was this huge research paper that needed a ton of sources. And I don't know, I want to say it was like 15 pages or something like that. And it was a ginormous part of the actual grade in the class, maybe like 50% or close to that. So it was a big, a big one. But, you know, being a month out, I thought, whatever, like I have plenty of time. So of course I did my normal thing and... I put it off and I put it off for so long that I ended up just completely forgetting about it, like 100% deleted from my memory. <laughs> and then one day I was, I was chatting with a buddy of mine before some other morning class and he was in the same class that had that big paper and he mentioned in passing that he had to you know, stop by the library or something and, and print out the paper so he could hand it in today in like four hours and I hadn't even started thinking about the project or the paper yet. So, you know, I, I just about messed up my pants, <laughs> <laughs> skipped the class that we were kind of waiting for. I ran to the library. I did a crazy like rush job of researching my topic. And somehow I managed to produce this 15 page paper and handed in on time in the class. And I I actually ended up getting an A on it, which actually completely blows my mind. And I, I don't even think the professor read it because it was objectively awful. But I, the moral of the story is that having a pressing deadline with consequences forced me to finish what I was supposed to get done. It wasn't pretty, but it forced me to actually finish something because I needed to hand it in. And I guess you could say that the second moral of the story is that if you're going to set a deadline for yourself to finish something, you should make sure that it's within a reasonable, a reasonably short time frame. So it's not as easy to like push off and procrastinate or, or even worse, like in my case, you could straight up forget about it. So if it's close enough, it's actually going to help you stick to it. I mean, there's even a third moral of the story, which is that having actual consequences to your deadline is beneficial too. 
because it really doesn't do you any good or not that much good to just say, you know, I'm going to finish this song by Thursday and whatever, whatever I have by then is what I put out. Because in that case, there's there's not really a consequence to missing that deadline. It would be super, super easy for Thursday to arrive and you could just talk yourself into pushing the deadline back because the song isn't ready yet. So why am I going to finish it? You know what I mean? Structure, structure, structure. Yeah. <laughs> you got to set the daily goals. Get yourself like a whiteboard or something like that. Or, you know, someone that can hold you accountable. Like like a teacher almost, but they're not going to grade you, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or, yeah, not grade you in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that one way to create a consequence for missing your own deadline is to bring somebody else into the equation that is going to hold you accountable. I mean, th- that could be a bandmate or, I don't know, it could be an A&R rep if you have one of those. Or it it could just be a friend that wants you to succeed and is willing to give you some tough love in a situation and kind of badger you into doing what you said you were going to do. And this has a name. It's called an accountability partner. And it's an idea that's used in a a bunch of applications, like everything from AA to business mastermind groups. Like you can find accountability partners being used all over the place. And it's for good reason, because you're actually more likely to do what you've committed to doing if you've told somebody else that you're going to do it. It's actually, there's some psychology behind that of not wanting to disappoint somebody else or, you know, embarrass yourself in front of a friend or something like that. It's kind of a, it's actually a pretty powerful tool. And we are actually more likely to do things in order to avoid a consequence than we are to get a reward. So there's some more interesting psychology there. There there have been some uh, studies that have shown that people, if they're afraid that something's going to happen to them, it will cause them to do something. But if there's like a big reward at the end of it, like money or a claim or anything like that, they're less likely to do it, which is kind of counterintuitive. I I wouldn't have really thought that. For me, it kind of comes down to clients a lot of the time for the types of projects that I'm working on. Like people are paying me to mix a song and have it done for them by a certain deadline. So if if I don't meet their expectations, expectations both in quality and deadline, then chances are they're not going to be a return customer. And that means money lost for me. So that's a consequence that motivates me to get things done. And when that deadline comes, I'm sending them that mix, period. Like, even though there's inevitably something that I would like to be better since I'm a perfectionist, I'm going to send it off anyways because that deadline forces me to do so. Yeah, dude, the amount of times that I've had to send out a mix that I'm not happy with because of a deadline is astronomical. When you're working with others in in this industry, pretty much, you're providing a service and they're paying you for your time, your ability to meet their deadline, your skills, and to deliver their product how they want it, you know. And if you mess around with their time, their money, and or their product, then you're messing around with potentially more work for yourself, whether that's from them or from clients that they could have brought to you. I think one thing that you brought up in there is, that's a really, really good point, is that 
in our case where we're mixing something or, or working with an artist, we're meeting a deadline because the artist also has a deadline. Mm-hmm. So for you guys out there, that that's going to be you. You they you're going to have a deadline for these projects as well, whether that's something that you set for yourself or something that somebody else sets for you. Um, and that deadline could be a release date, like if you set it for yourself. So I, as an experiment try doing this for yourself try announcing the release date for a song early on in the writing process like when you first get that creative spark and you have an idea that you know will be cool but it's not done yet just announce it to all of your audience try that and and make some sort of teaser post and throw it up all over social media that will serve two purposes for you It'll start generating buzz around your music, which is obviously great. And it's also going to give you a hard deadline that you're not going to want to miss. You're going to want to have things out there for the people that are expecting it to be out there. I don't know. Have you ever tried doing anything like that, Jake? Have you ever announced something that wasn't ready? Yeah, dude, you know I'm all about the teasers. The teasers, yeah. But is it something that's finished or something that mm. Yeah, no, I've, I've never tried what you're suggesting and what you're suggesting gives me anxiety because I don't know how that song is <laughs> going to turn out. Yeah. I think it gives a lot of people anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I also love when my friends or my favorite artists post teasers. Like it's just a, a sign that it's almost go time and a good time is on the horizon. Right. Yeah. Fans like that. So yeah. So, so deadline is a big one, but another strategy to finish things is to actually just break them up. Instead of making it a goal to finish one big project, make a bunch of really small, manageable goals instead of that one big goal. For example, if you're trying to write an album in you know a reasonable amount of time, you're not trying to spend a year writing an album, instead of saying, I want to finish this album by X date, say, I want to write the first verse of the first song today and then do that and check that off the list as a small goal. Then tomorrow you can say, I will write the chorus for that song. And then the next day I'll write the second verse and the bridge. So breaking it up into small bite-sized chunks that allows you to give the focus you need to make progress, which ultimately leads to you finishing the overall project, just kind of one little bit at a time. So In the recording business, we often do this with like a big grid board that lays out everything that needs to be recorded and edited for all the songs in an album. Like, Jake, do you remember uh, those from House Aloud, seeing those around the studio and and checking stuff off of them? Yeah, I think about them all the time. I never got to to touch any of them or write on (laughs) any of them, but... I definitely saw them. <laughs> um, you know, I want I want whiteboards for all over my house, man. The just the way it allows you to visualize the things that you need to get done. And a, a cool way that I, I've seen a lot of artists doing it lately is like a loading bar almost. So mm. like if only some of the guitar is done, like fifty percent. You know what I mean? So I think that's a really cool way to do it. But it it I don't know, it's a small way to make a, a big change in, in your productivity, I think. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and that kind of goes along the same, the same lines where if you're filling in part of a loading bar, you're 
checking off a small part, even though it's not necessarily like a defined right. small part, but you're taking it piece by piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for the studio, basically what we would do was take a big foam board or a poster board and write the working titles for every song down the left side of the board and then every part. So drums, bass, main guitars, over, overdub guitars, vocals, background vocals, etc. whatever there was. And we'd write each of those parts across the top. And as each part gets for each song gets recorded, you would color in a box, that the box corresponding to that part in that song halfway. So you'd like draw a diagonal line across the box, color in the half for recording. And then when that same part gets done being edited, then you'd fill in the second half of the box so it it just gave a a visual representation of the progress over a really large project sometimes you're talking about 10 to 15 songs sometimes there were more songs that didn't even end up on the album that were still recorded and having a board like that just took the focus off of the project as a whole and put the focus instead on the individual pieces so that it was more manageable and organized and that allowed us to just kind of like truck through albums and and get them finished by when they were supposed to be finished i also use this same sort of idea of breaking things up into smaller chunks in my hobbies outside of my work in music or anything like that so i I do a lot of long distance trail running and sometimes when you're going really really far it's just too overwhelming to think of how far you still have left to go. Like if that thought comes into your mind and you have to think about it too much, it's enough to make you give up and just quit and like drop out of a race or something like that. And that's happened to me before. So instead, especially when I'm feeling really, really bad in a race, like when it's halfway into a race or whatever, like you're, you're past the point of no return. I like to break it up into small, really small, manageable chunks. And I say, you know, I'm just going to focus on making it to the next aid station where I can get a drink and maybe eat a snack and make myself feel just that tiny little bit better. Or when it's really, really bad, I think, okay, I'm just going to focus on making it to that tree up there. Like I'll pick something that I can see and just try and get there. And then when I get there, I'll say, okay, I'm just going to focus on running to that rock up ahead or whatever it is. And that allows me to have a bunch of small little victories that all get me a little bit closer, one step at a time, closer to accomplishing the ultimate goal of finishing a really long race. So I recommend that you use that same strategy anytime you feel like something is too big and overwhelming to finish. It's a pretty powerful tool. And this doesn't just go with music. This kind of goes with anything it's just powerful yeah i have a hard time doing that man (laughs) the times when i do do it it's fantastic i take breaks i pet my dogs i grab a (laughs) snack i get some water maybe go outside for a few stretch and correct my posture usually in a better mood by the time i'm done Mm. but that's rare (laughs) yeah there really is a huge difference in my productivity and my mindset when i approach work days in bite-sized chunks like you're saying rather than trying to tackle an entire project from start to finish just in one in one go yeah it's it's not an easy thing to do 
definitely. And it's something that takes discipline and practice, I think, and some habit forming. And that's probably something that we should have an episode at some point about also just forming good habits for your productivity in your business and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, bite-sized chunks. Give it a try uh, next time you have something that feels daunting. Take a bite. Yeah. <laughs> so the the last thing that we have for you might seem a little contradictory considering we've been talking about finishing, but I think it's valid when used sparingly. And that is to actually not try and finish everything. So sometimes things just don't work. Like not every single song you start or business idea that you come up with is going to be great. When it comes to, when it becomes apparent that you're spinning your wheels on something that's objectively bad, like if you can objectively say like, this is not good, then stop, like stop trying to make it perfect or make it into something else. Sometimes the reason that we keep working and working and working on something forever, always trying to improve it is because the idea wasn't that great to begin with. And in those cases, the time that you could spend trying to force something into being could be better spent on starting a new idea and taking that idea to completion. So this is kind of a tricky one to navigate. And I, I deba debated bringing this up in the first place just because it's so contradictory. On the one hand, you want to finish things that you start. But on the other hand, you don't want to waste your time on things that are bound to not pay off in the end. So yes, done is better than perfect, but, you know, good is also better than bad. So mm. <laughs> there's that. Now, don't let this scare you off here right at the end, though, because this isn't meant to send you back to, you know, packing your folder full of unfinished projects on your laptop uh, and just, you know, abandoning them uh, like we were talking about before. But I, I will say as a general rule, you should see more projects through to completion than the number that you abandon. Because, I mean, if nothing else, finishing a project that maybe you should have abandoned, it's a good exercise in getting things done. And I think a lot of us need that practice. It's, mm -hmm. it's good practice for that. But everything in moderation, of course. And that's kind of like with anything in this podcast or in, in business or in music or in life. It, it's everything in moderation. So if you come up with something that you hate, in other words, you shouldn't feel the need to finish it. Sometimes cutting your losses is the more productive thing to do. And if if you hate the song within an hour or two of starting it, just trash it. Who cares? Like, I'd rather spend the next few hours working on something fresh than trying to force an idea to work. And just because you finish something doesn't mean you have to release it. Like, you can sit on it for a while. True. You can sit on it for years. Like, you can put it out when the time is right, but just make sure to finish it while the magic is still in your brain. But don't be scared to just trash something within the first hour or two. Right, yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up too, is that when you've started to put a lot of work into something, mm -hmm. then it feels- You gotta finish it. Right, it feels bad to say, oh, I don't know about this. And yeah. that's when you pour tons and tons and tons of time into something that's, mm -hmm. that you, at that point, you know you're not gonna release it anyways. Yeah. So there's there's always that thing that you need to, to kind of keep in the back of your mind too. That Yes, a lot of us need the help to- actually get things done and we we kind of resist finishing things but at the same time you don't want to be constantly working on things that 
don't need to be done, mm. I guess, is kind of the point. So in the spirit of getting things done, let's let's call it, let's wrap up this episode. I hope you're able to take these strategies, these three strategies that we've given you, and turn them into more finished projects. In fact, combining the last episode on starting that we did, episode four, and this episode on finishing, you should really be able to boost your productivity and maximize the potential opportunities to make money with your music. The more music that you have finished, the more opportunities you have to make money off of that music and to have a business. So we didn't even get into all the things that you can actually do with your projects once they're finished. And that could be a whole episode of its own ways to make money with your music outside of just the obvious ways like streaming or selling physical copies or merch and shows. So maybe we should do a whole episode on brainstorming creative ways to make money with your extra finished songs. Maybe even songs that you weren't actually planning on releasing under your regular name or your band or whatever. So Jake, what do you think? Do you think... I bet we could come up with a ton. Oh, man. Yeah, and when we do, we're going to be sitting on a gold mine. Because <laughs> I know if you're anything like me, you have a bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Maybe we'll do that for next episode. Let's see. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, we can all look forward to that and the gold mine that will follow. But <laughs> that's all for this one. So go get some things done, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Here's the deal. We're almost there. We're nearing the end. This is episode five. You thought every episode was one star? Perfect. Bundle it up into one review. Leave one five-star review instead of leaving five one-star reviews. All right. Seriously, thank you guys so much. Uh, We can't wait to keep doing these.